All right, let's, uh, let's pray before we get into the word. Oh Lord, you have a word for us this morning. You have a word for us in Psalm 1. We come to you in, in all different walks of life, Lord, in all different stages. Some of us are hurting physically. Lord, some of us are torn apart emotionally on the inside. Some of us are wrestling with, with chains, with bonds that have been on us for years. And Lord, I just pray, would you use your word this morning to break those chains, to break those bonds? And Lord, perhaps some of us have never really, really known you. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you work in our midst this morning to draw us to you. Father, speak to us now. Let these be your words through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in Psalms, uh, the first chapter, Psalm 1. If you're using the Pew Bible, uh, that would be on page 448. Well, we've all done it. And those of us who are parents and have children old enough to have had it done for us. On a bright, sunny day as a child, I remember running outside with a Ziploc bag and grabbing up as many of those yellow flowers that covered the yard like leaves in the middle of fall. They were everywhere, and it wasn't long before I had enough in my bag for the only woman in my life, my mother. As she didn't have the heart to tell me what these flowers actually were, and for all I could tell, she was happy to receive them. But something happened by the end of the day. They were withering away. It wasn't long before my bouquet of dandelions was a mass of brown and yellow. <laughs> and eventually, to my dismay, they were thrown away. Well, what happened? Well, if we know much about plants, and I assume all of us know something about plants, well, at least we know this one thing, that without a source of water, they're going to die. From the smallest dandelion to the biggest oak, they will all wither away if they are not planted in a place where they can receive the nutrients they need to keep producing fruit, to keep their leaves from withering, and to keep on flourishing. In a similar way, where we are planted, according to Psalm 1, will determine what we do, who we are, and like the dandelions, where we end up. Blessed is the man, point one. The first thing I want to point out this morning is that the man described in Psalm 1 is presently blessed. It does not say that someday the man described in this psalm, after a life of self-denial, sacrifice, heartache, and suffering, someday that man will be happy when the roll is called up yonder. 
No, it says that this man is presently blessed. When you hear that word blessed, what comes to mind? Blessed, in our context, means to have a deep-seated joy. Do you believe that God wants you to be joyful? But joyful in what way? I'd suggest to you that God means for us to be joyful, to be completely fulfilled by living according to the purpose for which, he, for which we were created. And that by living according to God's purpose and design for us, whatever may happen to us, whether we are rich or poor, healthy or sick, whether we are surrounded by friends or standing alone, we will have a deeper source of happiness, a sense of fulfillment that the world cannot touch. Consider with me how it is, how it is that a woman like Corey Ten Boom can go through what she did and not become embittered and hateful even to the men who persecuted her. How is, it, how is it that a wife could lose her husband, a mother lose her child, a person lose all that they had ever worked for and still have joy? It's similar to a scene in The Lord of the Rings when Pippin was looking at the old wizard Gandalf. It says from the perspective of Pippin, yet in the wizard's face, he saw at first only lines of care and sorrow. Though as he looked more intently, he perceived that under all there was a great joy, a fountain of mirth, enough to set a kingdom laughing were it to gush forth. Oh, the world may have its own ideas about what may bring happiness, and a great many books and blogs and seminars and even medication has been devoted to the pursuit of the world's definition of happiness. But here in the first psalm, we are given the answer if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, we start off with negative statements of what the blessed man does not do. First, he does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. This refers to the place that we turn to for guidance. With the introduction of the World Wide Web back in the 90s, we are able to access answers to any question in a matter of seconds. There is nothing you can't find the answer to. Are you thinking about buying a house? Ask Google. Are you trying to decide what direction to go with your life? Well, have you asked Google? How about where did we come from? What is the meaning of life? Well, let me, let me tell you about this guy. His name is Google. He just might have the answer. And if he doesn't, well then, let me tell you about Siri. But even more serious questions come up, don't they? What if you're thinking about divorce? Who do you turn to? What about an unplanned pregnancy? 
Are you wrestling with depression? Who do you turn to in these times? Maybe for our younger people, if you're thinking about how to make yourself more attractive so that you might um, have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, where do you go? Are you wrestling with the idea of what does it really mean to be a man? What does it really mean to be a woman? Well, the society has answers for that. But who are you turning to? Who are your counselors? Are they godly sources of wisdom or people or resources that have no regard for God and what he's revealed in his word? The blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. As we listen to these counselors, as we continue to receive from them, what began as a search for answers begins to affect the way that we behave. Soon we don't remember where our thoughts and the thoughts of these ungodly counselors intersect because they become the same. And the next thing you know, you are sitting in the seat of scoffers. But what does that mean? What does it mean to sit in the seat of scoffers? In Jewish culture, the place where you sit is the place you belong. Think of it this way. If, while nobody else was home, I was to go into Todd Heck's home and kick off my shoes, go to the refrigerator, grab a can of soda, and just sit myself down and kick back in Todd's big old comfy chair. Well, you can imagine, I just might be a little bit embarrassed when the Hecks come home. And Todd might have a few justified questions for me, starting with, what are you thinking? <laughs> but now if you were to replace me with Todd in that scenario, well, no, nobody would think anything of that because Todd belongs in his own comfy chair. To sit in the seat of the scornful means that you belong there. And isn't that the progression of sin? You begin to entertain ungodly counsel, which begins to affect your actions. And if nothing changes, soon you are sitting right down with them. Because you belong there. So let me ask you, throughout the week, at work, at home, and when nobody else is watching, where are you sitting? Where do you belong? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now we come up to the most interesting, one of the most interesting statements in this psalm. His delight is in the law of the Lord. We all have things that we delight in. As a parent, I delight to hear my children laughing. We've had quite a few birthdays come up, and it's always a delight to see the excitement on my children's faces when they receive their presence, when they learn that this day is all about them. I especially delight to hear my three-month-old, our little Owen, laughing. I delight in my wife. My wife, I delight uh, to be here with you. 
I delight in writing, I delight in reading books. If you were to take a moment to think about those things that you delight in, consider why it is that you delight in those things. Uh, Do you say to yourself, for example, well, today, I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to go out to the garage. I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to delight in my car. But I'm not going to think about it until it comes up on the schedule again. So maybe after church today, I might go home. I have a 1986 Cutlass Sierra. It's seen some better days. It's seen a couple of deer, too. I'm going to take Todd's old comfy chair. I'm going to set it out there in my lawn, and I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to behold my 1986 Cutlass Sierra. Is that how it works? No. That's not how it works. I would suggest to you that the things that we delight in, we delight in because of who we are. Now, I used to delight in drawing, but as the years have gone by, I've stopped delighting in drawing. And why is that? Because I've gotten distracted from drawing. And something happened. Something like getting married and five precious little people called Charity, Praise, Graceland, Jacob, and Owen. Suddenly things that I valued as more important took the place of drawing, and I stopped drawing. But if I were to start drawing again, I'd probably make a a comment about how I can't believe I had ever stopped. Now, the same is true with the Bible. Do you see what the blessed man is doing? He's meditating day and night. He's thinking about it. He's speaking to himself. He falls asleep with it, and he wakes up with it. He does that because he's delighting in it, and he continues to delight in it because he's meditating on it. What are you doing with the Word of God? Are you meditating on it? It might seem like work at first, and we have an enemy that will do everything he can to keep us from it. But once you get started, just see if you don't begin delighting in it. I would suggest early in the morning before your day begins, start with the Word of God. For some of you, it may be using your breaks at work. I've once read through the whole Bible using my breaks at work. Or maybe it's staying up, at, staying up late at night. Whatever it is, find time and fight for your time in the Word of God to meditate on it. But it's more than just reading. Consider these verses. Joshua 1.8. The book of the law, this book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth, But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And then this verse, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James 1, 22 through 25. 
You see, it's, <clears throat> you see, it's not about getting information. It's about seeing, it's, rather, it's not about seeing if we can check off some New Year's resolution to get through the Bible. It's about living according to the purpose and design that God has laid out for us for our own good, and yes, even for our own joy. So what is it about this man that he can delight in the law of the Lord, which brings him to meditate in it day and night? We see that in the second section here in Psalm 1. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. He is like a tree. Where else do we see trees in the Bible? I believe the imagery here is purposeful. We see trees in the Bible in the Garden of Eden. What was enjoyed in the Garden of Eden before sin entered into the world? Perfect fellowship and nearness with God. By hearkening back to the garden in this verse, the psalmist is showing us that the blessed man has been restored to fellowship with God. He is planted by streams of water. He yields fruit in due season. Notice here again, this is what is true about the blessed man. Notice that he is yielding fruit and not picking it. It is a natural outworking of what the blessed man is, just like it is natural for an apple tree to produce apples, so it is natural for a child of God to produce good works. I would also say that it is natural for the child of God to delight in the words that God has spoken to us through his word. Seen that back in verse 2. His leaf does not wither. Here we see the deep-seated joy that the blessed man has. Whatever comes against him, whether storms or droughts, because his roots are drawing from the streams of water, he will stand. And in all he does, he prospers. He's flourishing. Does this mean that the blessed man never experiences sorrow? That he is never discouraged or that he never faces adversity? I might take you to the Beatitudes and consider with you what Jesus said about those who are blessed in Matthew chapter 5. But for the sake of time, let's consider the perfect blessed man for a moment. Jesus never walked in the counsel of the wicked. He never stood in the way of sinners. And his seat is at the right hand of God the Father, and certainly not in the seat of the scornful. And yet he was called the man of sorrows. He faced his own share of hardship, heartache, suffering, and temptation. As the song goes, fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past, how for our sins he was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrows he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell 
how he liveth again. Now consider with me how Jesus responded when he was tempted by that serpent. Three times he responded with the word of God. It is written, he said. As he was suffering on the cross, what was his response but to quote the Psalms? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when he rose again from the grave, he couldn't wait to talk to those two people on the road to Emmaus, to point to the word of God and to show how all of these things pointed back to him. Do you get the sense that perhaps Jesus is that perfect, blessed man? And because he is the perfect tree that is planted by the streams of water, yielding its fruit in its season, whose leaf never withered, who prospered in all that he set out to do, all who are saved through his death, burial, and resurrection have received a new heart, a heart that delights in the law of the Lord, and they are like the tree that is planted by the streams of water. And just like Jesus, our life may not be easy at times. There may be wind, there may be storms, there may be droughts. But if your roots are deep in Jesus, if you are planted by the streams of living water, you will stand, and you will do more than stand. You will prosper. You will flourish in the eyes of God through Jesus. You may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm saved, but I don't find myself delighting in the word of God. What can I do? Well, may I offer up three suggestions with this? Let me ask you, have you allowed yourself to get distracted from the word of God? Just as I had mentioned before about my drawing, how more important things came in and took its place, has something come in and taken the place of your time with the Lord and his word? Even if you are only able to get a single verse in the morning, I can understand that there are busy seasons in our life, and that's understandable. I've had a few myself with five children. Even if you're in a busy season of life and you can only grab onto one verse, grab onto that verse and meditate on it throughout the day. Fellowship with the Lord in that verse throughout the day. Think on it. Go to bed with it at night. It is far better to have a single verse that you're meditating on than to have read whole chapters of the Bible and to walk away and to forget what you have seen. The second possibility is that maybe you don't know how to read the Bible and meditate on it in a way that benefits you. If you come to the Word and you find yourself frustrated and you're struggling with it, you want to receive something from the Lord and just for some reason you just can't seem to get it, I would invite you, speak with me. Speak with me or any of the other elders here. We would enjoy the opportunity to share with you how, how you can get into the Word, how you can meditate on it. We can work through that together, brainstorm on that together, how we can make that work so that you are receiving from the Word of God on a regular basis and that you're meditating on it on a regular basis. Now, the third possibility is not a good one. 
if you come to the Word and you find that it has nothing for you, and its pages seem cold and try as you might, you just can't wait to get away from the Bible and to get into something that you really enjoy doing, um, anything but the Word, then might I ask you, have you really received the, excuse me, the love of God? Are you really saved? If you come to this Word and it has nothing, then maybe your heart hasn't been changed through being born again. Consider 1 Corinthians 2, 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So my question for you is this. Are you like the trees of, of Eden, rooted in Christ, restored in fellowship with God? The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Verse 4. Whatever may be said of this verse, let me say this, we all began as chaff. We were all like the chaff that the wind drives away. We had no roots, we had no fruit, we had no leaves, and, we, and all we did was empty and worthless. And just as it, just as it is impossible for somebody to go and plant chaff in the ground and expect a tree to come up. So it's impossible for us to take ourselves and to plant ourselves and expect a tree to come up. Unless we repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and receive the miracle of new life in Him, only Jesus can take the chaff and turn it into a tree. And only Jesus can restore our relationship with God, making us like the trees of Eden. Now the last section here, and this will be brief. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. There is coming a day for believers and unbelievers alike. And there shall be two groups of people before the Lord. Those who are chaff and those who are firmly rooted in the blessed man, Jesus Christ. With the wind of final judgment, those who are chaff shall be driven away and they will not stand. If this is you this morning, you will be blown away into everlasting torment, the lake of fire. How terrible to hear on that day, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. But this is not so for those who are rooted in that blessed man, Jesus Christ. They are known. They are welcomed to enjoy what they have known only in part up to that point, the perfect Eden-like fellowship with God forever and ever in the new heavens and the new earth, where there will be no sin, no suffering, no pain, no infirmity, and no tears. There we shall be like that perfect blessed man in perfect joy forever. So in conclusion... 
Examine yourself and observe yourself this week. What do the choices for where you get your counsel reveal? What does your behavior show about who you are? Are you sitting in the seat of the scornful or rooted in Christ? If there are any who are looking at their lives right now and you see that you haven't been rooted in Christ, the scriptures say, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I invite you, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Come to the word of God this week. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is through the word that we can turn our eyes upon Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Let it work in our hearts to your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen.